Just a word of caution, the following content is satirical in nature and may contain a crude language. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Mind Melders Podcast, episode two. That is dose one, two. Guys, we just have so much momentum behind us right now. We, we, we are 100% more, have more m- momentum than episode one. We're the fastest sitting ducks that have ever <laughs> yeah, For sure. <laughs> And this episode is brought to you by Late Stage Capitalism, bringing you the largest change in climate per dollar. <laughs> that was your guys, simple like, intro. Code, code mindmelders <laughs> at latestagecapitalism.com. Yeah. Dude, the Late Stage Capitalism subreddit is really interesting to read once in a while. I mean, people have some really, really interesting perspectives on there that I don't think are necessarily right, but it's interesting to kind of like see what the other side is doing once in a while. Yeah, Um, it makes me a little sad. Like, it's a little like, man, this is kind of shitty right now, you know? But like, I feel like it's just them like pointing out the flaws and not all bad, you know? Very one-sided analysis. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. Real quick before we get in the weeds, I wanted to introduce you guys too, just because this podcast is kind of young. So I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Eric and Justin. Um, so we are just some dudes that, you know, wanted to record our chat sessions. And I think it'd be, I've been having a lot of fun. Yeah, I you guys. Too, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, nice. Also, uh, and, I think dude oh, is the most apt description of all three of us. We're just dudes. <laughs> We're just guys. Have you seen yeah. that video of the, like, there's a, there's like this guy standing in a stadium and he's like, yeah. looking, he's like real proud and he turns around to the camera and he goes, look at that. Just guys being dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like such a vibe, dude. I just like love that guy so much. He's just like proud of being man shit, yeah. you know? You know, there, there's so much more meaning behind the word dude. You know, you, you can convey like so much love in the word dude, but also be like, Dude, yeah. you know, like it's it's, it's a very it's versatile. just like the the, the f word. Yeah. Uh, it's so versatile. It's it's as flexible as a chewed up piece of gum. That's why we use it, baby. I wasn't expecting that. Was a chewed up piece of gum? <laughs> Would that be- I don't think anybody has said those words in that order today. Uh, you're you're so. right. I can confirm. Not in my life. My buddies and I, we had this bit for a long. Well, I suppose it's still going, but like for a while, we had this bit where. Um, like every time we'd say a new sentence, we'd be like, new sentence or new sentence or, and then we would like text <laughs> it in the group chat to make sure we could remember it. Uh, so it's just like funny. Cause like someone will say something just like absolutely ridiculous that everyone's like, new sentence or new sentence. Or. It's, good. <laughs> it's a good bit. Yeah, I, I I feel like so many guys generate like good legit stand up content just riffing off of each other, but it it, it all just disappears into the wind because yeah. nobody like writes it down. So like props to you for for yeah. actually trying to. Well, it's hard. Uh, like stand up is so different from like riffing. You know what I mean? And be well, like, just just being funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, yeah, yeah. You're totally right, though. It is it is an actual art form, like. Like it, it is on my bucket list to do stand up one day, and I've been to enough like amateur comedy clubs where I feel like I wouldn't do terrible. But like, also that's what everybody says their first time, so yeah. like I don't really know what to expect. I don't know. I mean, I've heard like, I've heard a lot of first time stories from other comedians, and it's it's either like great or awful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. 
like like Joe Rogan always says in his podcast that you know once he did his first uh, show that like he knew f- that was what he wanted to do forever like yeah. he, like he knew that was it I I just got to keep doing this yeah you know like what a it's, high it, it's like, like it's just a drug addiction yeah. exactly and think about like what if that is an addiction to adrenaline in some way because think of how much is like on the line as you are the one person being stared at by seventy people you know your reputation is like on the line yeah. for these people. So. And then, like, to, to have that happen and make them laugh is, like, a pretty... It's, like, not only is it, like... um, I don't know. It's, like, such a genuine indication that you're, that you're like, doing it right. You know what I mean? Because, like, you can't really fake a laugh. Like, it's pretty genuine. Yes. Right? Um, it's, yeah. it's involuntary. Yeah. You're making somebody do an involuntary action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, like, from a, if you zoom out enough, it's so strange. It's just like all these people, like, get, go into crowded room, and then one guy stands in front and tries to evoke this strange involuntary action out yeah. of all of the other <laughs> apes. Like, <laughs> do you true? I mean, like, do you think that people are kind of still on the level of apes right now? You know, I was I was listening to Elon Musk on Joe Rogan's podcast, which, by the way, has been fantastic so far. But he's talking about like basically the um comparison of us as apes today versus what we will be in like let's say 500 years so like elon musk was basically saying like like take your phone right now that's essentially the robotic part of you right we are already symbiotes with technology and computers so like take the capabilities of your phone now make it into a chip that is embedded into your head and now what if this technology can now basically detect a heart attack or it reads all of your biometric signals like once every hour and determines whether you need to go to the hospital right now because you have like X and Y symptoms. So like it can benefit our lives in in much more profound ways than it is currently being used. And all of this is possible within the next five years, even with our existing infrastructure. Like 5G is a big enabler of just data transmission. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's weird because like, I'm reading this book called Sapiens. Have you read that? I have. I actually yeah. uh, read it, about 80% of it, yeah. I would say. I'm like, I don't know, maybe 100 pages in. It's by Yuval Noah Harari, yeah. for those of you who might be interested. Um, and, I mean, it, it's basically, it's, I mean, the subtitle is like, like a, I don't know what it is, like a comprehensive history of humans or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just about, like, very primitive humans to modern, like, what what happened, right? <laughs> Right, right. Um, And, you know, he does give very coherent explanations. Like, one thing that I thought was fascinating from that was how basically, like, the uh, religion from an evolutionary perspective is actually advantageous because it forms groups that work together under one common cause. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's amazing. It is amazing. Um, And then, and so that just keeps evolving, right, over time. Like. Right. Uh, and I guess I don't really know what that looks like. And like, I guess I also don't really know. Uh, like there are ways for us to going back to your early question. There are ways for us to like consider how we're the same or different from apes. Um, I think fundamentally the big distinction is language and like, um, conceptions of abstractions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to imagine and play with like imaginary data or, or visualizations even, you know, like creating a 3d space in your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even just that, like ideas and language allows like a language allows for us to like, I mean, it's so complicated, right? Like, 
Um, Dude, what? Can I like jump in here? Yeah. So, what if what if language is is actually pretty primitive, right? So, like this this might be a crazy thought, but just like bear with me for a second. How like we the brain basically spends a lot of time compressing and decompressing information. So, like basically, imagine if I tried to explain to you like all that I've learned from my job at Optum, something that you have no idea about. Yeah. So, like that would take a lot of effort on my part to kind of summarize the points along the way instead of just delivering this data dump immediately. So like, what if we can enable um, this, this transmission of data almost telepathically right through what, you know, again, going back to like the chip embedded in your skull or whatever to just, to just immediately send data like all the time. And that's how you actually receive your data from people, not through talking. Oh no, that's that, that was such a 2020 thing. (laughs) No, we, we send it through the neural net. And you know what? On the side of of Skynet, you know, whatever you want to call it, NeuralNet, Skynet, is going to be all of these databases that are logging, like, every single thought that has ever been created. Like, what a fascinating concept. <laughs> that no, seems a little really spooky to me. Yeah, I don't I want agree. everyone to know my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Even I, mean, I did a presentation on, so you guys know what IoT is? I do not. Um, so basically, like, it's it stands for Internet of Things. Um, oh, yep. And it means it be, it, so like the Eric. Can you actually keep your mic closer yeah, to sorry. you? So like the modern yeah, the modern conception of it is um or like I guess the mo- the most modern like consumer implementation is the smart home, right? So like you have mm-hmm. lights that are connected to Wi-Fi. Um, mm-hmm. You have your thermostat which is connected to Wi-Fi. You have sensors around the house that detect sort of where you are. Uh, it's like my dad is like kind of into this tech. He's kind of a nerd about this stuff. So he has like mm-hmm. a, a sensor that is in his room that detects when people are in the room and then it will turn the thermostat down after a certain amount of time of being in the room. Cause it, Oh sure. And especially if it's like, uh, you know, it's like if someone's in the room and it's after a certain time, they're yeah. likely going to bed so we can turn the thermostat down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's the very basic version of this. Um, but the idea is basically to just hook everything up to the internet and have like a constant data stream, right? Right, um, right. So you're extrapolating like just putting some sensors in a room to almost a society level. Like, okay, what if what if uh, we can determine that there are more than three people at this bus stop? Yeah. Well, that's going to call a bus to come and pick up those people. You know, you you extrapolate. Yeah. And like, um, this is also sort of how we think self-driving cars is going to happen is if they're all on the internet and talking to each other, then they can kind of navigate in this big space yeah. of all the cars. But anyway, that is so um, there's so many ethical questions. Like I did a presentation on like the ethics of this stuff. Um, like, like if the government, like the NSA is a big example, they like they're in trouble for doing the surveillance stuff. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If they start implementing this type of stuff to like um, predict and stop crime, uh, like if they can predict with pretty good certainty that you as an individual are going to commit the crime, but you haven't commit the crime and they arrest you, like what are the ethical implications of that? Right. I don't like right. that. And like, exactly. Right. Cause, but you know, so that's like a big growing concern. And like, that's not even talking about like all the security vulnerabilities and like, you know what I mean? The stuff getting into the wrong hands. Um, I don't know. It's a big deal. I think that 
I don't know if it would come down to that level of like we we're going to arrest this guy because we have like this predictive model, but I do think that will be leveraged to track movement. You know, um, I don't know if you could accurately predict whether a crime will be committed, but especially with what they're doing to track uh, the coronavirus now, um, this it's it's entirely possible. Not to quote Joe Rogan, (laughs) but (laughs) it's entirely possible that this is a future in which um, all this stuff just just gets a little out of hand. So, yeah. So, you know, guys, I'm feeling pretty parched, and uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that this is what I'm drinking tonight, this generically branded beverage. <laughs> Your ad here. Where, if, you would, if you would potentially like to sponsor this podcast. Yes. Uh, send an email over to saltyproductionsmail at gmail.com, and I will start drinking whatever something that tastes way better than this <laughs> how far this would is you just go generic for a sponsorship maybe how, how, how <laughs> you would be very surprised get. and disappointed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good to know <laughs> on a on a human level you would be disappointed in me as a as a person <sighs> we have Harvey like Weinstein. the i'm in the league of legends club at, on campus and with someone somehow we like landed a game fuel sponsorship, which doesn't mean anything except for that they give us free game fuel in exchange for us just advertising it, right? So like yeah. we got all. So they just free, get an ad cost. Basically, I mean, they just gave us free inventory, right? And then right, it's just, like they're not giving us money. Uh, yeah. So like, but yeah, so we had all this like free game fuel all the time. So we'd like give it out and shit, but then it like became this meme. Where like we did this big like competitive event and like one of the teams was named Mountain Dew Game Game Fuel or something like that. Oh yeah, and like yeah, it was good, good shit. So you can just kind of tell the desperation level yeah. of each team. <laughs> just like, I- are we willing to trade in the super awesome cool name, you know, Cloud Nine or whatever yeah. it is, to oh, just be like Game Fuel? Game Fuel. <laughs> so Eric, how many women were on that team? I'm going to yeah. go ahead and wager less than one. That is incorrect. On the gold good, team, good. there was one girl. She was our 80 carry player, and she was pretty good. Um, nice. And then also, there are a bunch of... Uh, it's a pretty male-dominated club, if we're being honest. Yeah. Uh, but there are there are lots of... It's pretty of sweaty. Involved. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, League is a pretty sweaty game in general. Yeah. yeah. Very try-hard. Very sweaty, very male. But... I feel like there's some good faces out there that are trying to like, you know, like this, like there, there's, I would say there's probably just as much streamer. Uh, I guess I don't know the numbers on this, but I'd imagine there's just as many good big streamers out there that play league that, you know, from, from both genders. Right. So there's yeah. like representation at least. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I th- I mean women get disproportionately more views on Twitch, but I mean we all know why that is, you know. We yeah, know. there's some weird. I actually don't. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what the numbers are. I'd have to look. But like, yeah, uh, they're especially the just chatting section. Yeah, <laughs> you know, fuck it. I I don't even. I mean, make your money. Whatever. No yeah. judgment. Either. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to respect the hustle. But... Yeah, for sure. Okay, so. Uh, Justin, I wanted to, uh, go back to that picture that you sent me earlier today. Oh, the 
the yeah. Reddit post? I unfortunately I need to go like exit the screen uh, and go back to it, back to the chat to pull it up. I wish I should have saved this in a file. Actually, let me do that really quick. Oh, I think it's I a link. It to you I can send you the actual images if you want. No, here we go. I got it. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to go back to that so that oops, just to make sure we're again. we're full screen and showing. Our, I am our in faces. the dark on this. Okay, I sent it. Here we you. go. Oh, I just don't know what it is. Okay, let me pull OBS just to make sure we're still good. It. Okay, perfect. So this is an "Am I the asshole?" Um, "Am I the asshole for deleting my son's Minecraft world?" So, oh, yeah. I, so I have two children: a nine-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. My son had a Minecraft world where he built quite an impressive castle on an island, which he was very proud to show me. Since school was canceled, he has had issues with waking up on time. He's supposed to wake up at 7 each morning, but for the past month, he's been sleeping in until about 9 or 10. Scandalous. I always set an alarm for him, but he sleeps right through it. I don't wake him up because waking himself up is a skill that he needs to learn. I told him about two weeks ago that there are going to be consequences for him if he continues to sleep in every morning at first he understood and was waking up on time every morning but for the past week or so he's fallen back into old habits i told him yesterday that this is his final warning today he slept in until 11 so i followed through with my warning and went on the computer and deleted his favorite minecraft world i also took away computer privileges for the next month when i told him he started screaming and crying (laughs) sorry i can't say that without laughing (laughs) he told me that he spent a whole year working on that world and he's very distraught that he's never going to see it again he's been crying and sobbing throughout the day and he has refused to eat any of his meals okay i need to talk about this because this pissed me off like (laughs) as as someone that studies like not to be that guy but you know i study psychology and i want to be an adolescent psychologist so this i I learned a lot about how to like discipline children this is like the opposite of what you want to do like the what kid's gonna hate to her forever like you should if you're if you're gonna punish him you should say you know you can play minecraft for an hour after you wake up if you wake up at a proper time otherwise you can't play it for that day you don't you don't just do this oh there's gonna be consequences in the future sometime maybe and then suddenly just go balls to the wall and delete his Minecraft world. And, like, okay. I think it, so I think giving the benefit of the doubt to the parent in an abstract world that doesn't actually exist, if she had not deleted the Minecraft world, but just took the computer privileges away, it wouldn't be like a you're the asshole situation. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be the most effective. No, I, I would agree there. It would just be bad like, parenting. The thing. Yes. Yeah, it'd be like mediocre parent, right? But like yeah. everybody's a mediocre parent, so it's fine. Yeah, right. Um, but like you fucking deleted his Minecraft world. <laughs> it's like if I went in and like deleted like the thing that you were working on for work for like nine months. Like her wedding you know? video. Or that, oh. yeah, right? Like that's important shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a tilter, dude. Yeah, I, I so I, I agree with both of you. I, I think a much better response should have been to um, cut and paste the world into maybe a USB flash drive and then hide that. Uh, there are more complex ways to go about disciplining your child, but I do agree with Justin where – so, uh, well, actually, I mean – I do agree with you, Justin, but I just want to like make sure that your position is is shifted a little where you're saying instead of having 
consequences maybe in the future. You're saying outlaw Minecraft and entirely and only allow Minecraft if the behavior is positive and, and toward, trending towards what we want, right? So basically, without getting too much into the weeds, you want to use the thing he doesn't want to do or the, the thing he does want to do to reinforce the thing he doesn't want to do. So in this case, he wants to play Minecraft, right? Because, you know, quarantine, nothing else to do. So if you want him to wake up on time, be like, okay, if you wake up on time, then your reward for doing this is you get to play Minecraft. Right. But you need to be consistent with that. And you can't just be like, okay, if you don't start doing this thing with no change in the way I'm treating you, then there's going to be this massive punishment. I mean, it might work for some people, but it's like, I would say most of the time it's going to end up like this. Yeah. Where the kid's just mad and like so yeah. mad that they lost his appetite. Like, yeah, I mean that's it's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Last sentence is he's been cry crying and sobbing throughout the day and has refused to eat any of his meals. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy, eh? Yeah. But you Poor know her- what? I think in the end she should be glad that he's not Googling like boobs or something, you know, <laughs> like I was doing in seventh grade or whatever. Well, I, okay, actually it was maybe only started when I was in like ninth grade, but you know. Well, so, rounding down. What the comments for... look like? Yeah, I was curious. Oh, I don't know. I only have the link to the image. Oh yeah, I'd have to find that tweet again. But yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to bring something up too. Like, what kind of asshole parent is like? You need to get up at seven o'clock when you don't have school, and it's the quarantine. Yeah, I, I am get, also I with get, you there. I get being like consistent. Like, I think you should like teach your kid how to have like a routine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Do the same thing every day, but. Uh, it doesn't have to be seven, dude. You know? Yeah. If maybe- also, I, I sort of disagree with that. I mean, I agree with the, the point in general, but, like, right now, things are just so weird. Like, like maybe that's how he's coping. Like, just leave yeah. the kid alone. Like, that's true. Like, uh, most adults that I know can't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <Right>. like, <laughs> don't expect a nine-year-old to figure it out. Yeah. Take it easy on him. By the way, uh, Eric, can you boost yourself another like 10 points in Windows? I'm, I'm trying to correct it on the fly because I do recognize that there is a difference. Yeah, uh, P- I think like bigger podcast. So like I still watch uh, Painkiller already. If you guys remember like Woody's Gamer Tag and like those guys from back in the day, like FPS Russia. Do you guys yeah, remember? Yeah, for sure. Oh, um, and their fans get so mad at the show if their audio levels are out of sync. So I it's been like drilled into me to like be OCD about. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Better go ahead. Me. Go ahead and tell us your deepest, darkest secret and we'll see. Yeah. Um, my deepest secret is that he's bronze uh, and Valorant. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to tell him. My rank. Yeah. Just <laughs> let me, just let me have this. It's true. I think my screen actually got hotter from that burn. Holy <laughs> shit. I got to like, like there's back. like screen burn it's starting to turn yellow <laughs> <laughs> oh. <clears throat> do we need a new topic because i yeah. have so many what do you guys think of the model y i've been wanting to talk cars with you guys um do you guys are in it yet <clears throat> so it was Steve. i mean i think it was released last year uh i'm gonna go ahead and google the release date is which is one? So the Model Y, so the Model 3 is the sedan, 
right? And the yeah. Model Y is is the newest one, which is kind of meant to more appeal to the crossover market um, mm. for kind of kind of mid range to to smaller on, on the smaller side of crop crossovers. Um, but to be honest, it kind of looks like a Model Three that's just been blown up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the thing about all of these car companies are doing crossovers. I love it, man. Yeah, I mean, me too. I drive a crossover. Exactly. <laughs> Evidence is in the cards. Yeah. Yeah. So, but hey, I mean, Nathan, it, did you get a new car? Not yet. Oh. I'm, I'm saving hard. So, okay, actually, here, I, I, uh, my, my list of cars that I'm saving for right now, which honestly are terrible financial decisions, but <laughs> I, my car is so old. Well, I mean, not, I mean, it's like 10 years I old. I feel like, but, okay, to be fair, I think if you take care and buy a new car, it's not that financially irresponsible. Like, I think I if think you, you do get well 10 with years it, out of a car, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like my loan is a six year loan, I think, um, which isn't that bad. I mean, it's a brand new car. Yeah. And like I make almost it's no nice money car. and I can I could afford it. So, well, I uh, guess I'm not paying for some of some of the parts that require like insurance and shit. But yeah, just to fill in the context, what is your car? Eric? It's the uh, Jeep Renegade. Jeep and I got it. Renegade. I got it in 2017. So 17 Jeep Renegade. Yeah, I, I, I do like your car, man. You could take that off-roading if you really wanted to. Yeah, I definitely don't um, have the off-road model, but yeah. I could. Yeah. It's like I the cuter version of uh, like the classic Jeep. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's totally, like a, it's totally like a young <laughs> kid Jeep. Ver- you know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. a... For sure, definitely. Like the you younger... expect like a 19-year-old to be driving that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the models I'm saving up for potentially right now, which are, are financially kind of daunting, is uh, the Tesla Model Y, okay. uh, the Ford Mustang Mach-E. Have you guys heard of that one? <laughs> it's, it's Ford's first EV, right? And the thing is, it's going to cost it, – it's priced at like 52000 for like the mid-range kind of model or a trim of it. So starting at forty five. Um, but because it's Ford's first uh, full EV, they're actually they're actually still eligible for the federal tax credit. So it's oh. seventy five hundred off on your tax Ooh. return. Yeah, right. Nice. And so I think. Oh gosh, I, I don't. I want to get the number it looks right. So sweet, it dude. Does. It is. It looks oh gnarly. yes. And I think it's zero to sixty is somewhere in the range of like three seconds or like no less wow. than four. That's so uh, that's yeah. insanity. I think the range. So the mid range model. Oh gosh, I, I feel like I'm shooting from the hip here. But okay, on their website, the rear wheel drive version gets 300 miles of range, uh, which I think is their lowest tier version. And then it says the Ford GT, which is their full trim level, is a mid three second zero to sixty. That's crazy. Wow. So that one, that, that's coming out, I believe, this fall uh, because it got pushed back because for, obviously, the coronavirus and everything. Yeah. Uh, and then the most likely option, which is more affordable at about 42000 <laughs> is the RAV4 Prime, uh, which is uh, Toyota's plug-in hybrid version of the RAV4, which is meant to be kind of the more performance uh, version of their, like, of their uh, hybrid Prius, which also plugs in. Why, what's the, what's the like, um, interest in like hybrid or electric? So, um, it, it adds a lot of value in, in a couple areas. So your mileage is better, right? Because you are using basically, um, a a battery that can be recharged through engine braking, um, through, um, 
some companies actually design it where the engine basically powers a generator, which then generates electricity to flow yeah. back into the battery. Um, but then what I really like it for is that it adds a ton of acceleration on the low end because they're, the pound feet of torque is so like yeah. is, is immediate, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why Teslas can get to these ludicrous zero to 60 speeds. Um, which so the the Rav4 Prime is predicted to do zero to sixty, I think in like five point five seconds, which is like pretty good. For comparison, my Ford five hundred from two thousand nine, I think is like a nine second zero to sixty. Um, if that means anything, I'm gonna look up mine. I don't know how much mine yeah. is. Yeah, I would I would recommend going out to your parents' house and just you know, go, like stop on the road and then uh, pull out your phone and like record the your zero to sixty. It's, just as it's nine seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably like a, just a regular two liter turbo. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I was thinking of is the, uh, let me make sure I get this name right, is the GLC Mercedes-Benz. What? Yeah. Which is the super luxury version of uh, crossovers. And this, I think, gets like a mid five second zero to sixty, but that's just because it's like a nine speed. Uh, it's it's got a really nice engine in it with it's like a nine speed transmission. Or, so the problem with some of these luxury cars, I feel like they get you on the ads, like the add-ins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yes. Options and stuff. True. Because, um, like, I mean, the base price of this is the same. It's actually cheaper than the the Ford one that right. you talked about. So, but like, for example, a panoramic sunroof on their website costs like 1500, right? But then, but then they'll like jerk you around because you can only have like certain add-ins with like certain paint colors or like in, in order to have, um, let's just say like a heated steering wheel, you need to add on all of this other like serious XM, like add on garbage where it's like, I don't need, and that's another $2,000. So it's like, Jesus, man, I just want to buy a car. Um, what do you do? Are you do you have any uh, plans for the for the future in terms of cars, Justin? Not currently. I uh, I don't really know what my living situation is going to be like in the next year, so it's not very feasible for me to consider right a yeah. car. Like, like if I if yeah. I go to grad school like in the cities or something, I I don't even really need a car. So it's not something I've really thought about. I know that's kind of a lame answer, but. That's all I got for you. It it definitely makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's tough to make, like, because I feel like I'm in the minority of, like, having made that decision in college. Um, Because, like, most people don't buy a car unless they need one. Like, they get one from their parents or they buy, like, a really cheap one, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, you're broke as fuck when you're in college. So it's a little, you know, I mean, I'm lucky because, like, my parents help with insurance and, like, they help with bills sometimes. You know, and I make like an okay living with my job, so yeah. I can like kind of afford it. So still didn't buy Animal Crossing though. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I feel like I got enough of that game just looking at the memes. <laughs> I feel like the memes were like good, and I enjoyed them, but that's all I need. You know, I th- I think it's it, it's a different time now because I I think that on some level teenage girls kind of own Instagram and and that game is very much geared towards like female gamers as well as male gamers. So like they've been able to market it on their own just yeah. posting like yeah, their experiences the and memes. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the TikToks. 
the tweets. I don't understand TikTok as a, like how is this so much better? I'm telling you, you're officially a boomer. I'm telling you, it's one of the best social media platforms. No, I'm Why? telling you this now. Get out. Make your I'm case. I'm telling you. Okay, you're in a skeptical room. So Come first on. of all, they mm-hmm. have they have one of the best uh, mm-hmm. predictive and uh, recommendation algorithms. I've heard that. So like once you start using it for a while and you start engaging with the content that you actually like, it will feed you better and better content. And it's way better at that than most other platforms um, just by design. Right. I mean, right. I think they designed it to be like that. Twitter is kind of like that. I think, I don't know how much they do it. YouTube is for sure like that. Like YouTube is like the God of this. Like right. they're very good at giving you what you think, what they think you want. Right. So it's really good at that. Second of all, um, it's like Vine in that uh, there's zero production value. So it's <laughs> just people fucking off and making jokes. And that right. there's such an energy to that that I just love. It's just like mess, like just people, like kids, regular, like regular people, like doing some memes and shit. Um, and like the other thing is it's such, it's so built upon like meme trends, right? So like a video will come out and it'll blow up. And then a bunch of other people will do videos like sort of in the same format. It's sort of like the it same. It lends joke. itself to the meme format very well. Exactly. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So Liz, I just, I, I think it's one of the, it's so easy to consume and I have laughed harder on TikTok than I laugh like almost anywhere else. Nice. Okay. Okay. So well, you're, cool. you're selling me for sure. But nope. I, I mean, so like Vine was also a thing back in the day where it doesn't seem as, as much in the vernacular anymore. And I wonder if something like this might follow that same suit just because it is kind of such cheap production value. I, yeah, I wonder the lifetime of it because the problem cheap. now is it's actually less monetizable than, than Vine is, or so it seems. They have... Like oh, the music. I think I think the reason Vine died, well, it's I think it's for a couple of reasons. I think it's probably just the way that they're making it um, is just not built around that. Um, it's kind of hard to to convert to like if you if you're a brand, like if you want to be like a Twitch streamer, for example, um, it's like you're not going to sell your merch from TikTok you might get a lot of attention on TikTok, but like okay. no one is going to go buy your merch. They might right. go to your stream and then start watching your stream and then like donate and then buy your merch. But like, it's not going to happen from TikTok. Like it doesn't organically grow like that. There are very few people I think that do that. Um, like, and they're the biggest of the big stars on TikTok. <clears throat> I think also like going back to Vine, the reason Vine died is because it turned into just all of the famous people getting paid sponsorships to do ads as videos instead of doing real videos. Um, and so you could, I could totally see TikTok turning into that where like um, all of a sudden you're just scrolling and there's no real content. It's just like people doing ads, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but I don't know. We'll see. You never know how long these things last because the, they move pretty quick. Right. Like vine came and went in like two years, I think. Right. I don't know how long Vine went. It was fucking, it died so fast. There's got to be like a Google tool that would tell you like search volumes or something. It was four years long. But. I I mean, 
You know what's what's weird is so like my girlfriend, for example, will scroll through Instagram for, you know, dozens of minutes at a time. And so like Instagram reminds me of Reddit a lot because it's just kind of like, you know, you scroll down and, and you keep looking at the thing or the photo or whatever. But Instagram ha- is is annoying in that there's like music in almost every video or like thing that you hit. So like almost everything that she scrolls through is a video with music. And it's like, man, if Reddit was that way, I would be driven so crazy. Like this is so clearly, I don't know. It's, it's just doesn't, it's, it, it's not meant for me. Um, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I feel like Instagram too is filled with garbage. Like, Oh, it's just, so like, I have a question. Sorry to interrupt, but I have never used Instagram. So I'm, I'm curious when you say it's filled with garbage compared to Twitter for me. Okay. This is great. So Twitter, um, like the, the garbage part of Twitter is that it's kind of angry you know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. just complimentary. Yeah. Um, and that gets a little annoying. Um, but the the reason that Instagram is garbage is because um I don't even know how to explain it. It's so it's so like ephemeral. So like one of the things is that comedy, like in the way that memes exist on other social media platforms, like Reddit, for example, the way the way like Reddit does comedy is pretty good. Yeah. Comedy yeah. on Instagram is fucking dog trash. It's like four-year-olds appealing type comedy. It's literally, mm-hmm. it's I can't even explain it. It's like so a like bad. a slip on like, a banana peel, and this exactly. you fell, and it's ah, you're supposed to laugh. Oh no! Right? I think it might just be because that stuff's made for kids, and like more kids are on dude Instagram no, or whatever. You, but that that is that is a crime, by the way. That 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 little kids are on Instagram, not not. For, the fault of the children i'm saying that instagram at least the way that my girlfriend is subscribed to these uh users is that it is full of like basically softcore porn of like these girls that are wearing like a g-string or something and like the big problem is they're perfect they're like photoshopped yeah absolutely perfect there's like and and you know what they're too perfect i i think that there is is an attractiveness to being natural and the fact that these girls think that they have to not only put on uh or take take 40 minutes to put on their makeup you know these thick layers of makeup but then you brush over that with software and like all of a sudden you're a barbie and it's like okay well this isn't even i'm not even looking at a person it's just a would-be person and it's it sucks it's kind of like i think uh like I've never seen this, but I think Bo Burnham made a movie kind of about this. Like, I feel like kids are particularly affected by this, right? Yeah. If you're, he, his movie sure. Eighth Grade is what I'm referring to. Eighth Grade. Um, I have seen that. Yeah. It was and visceral, like, man. Yeah. And I, I, so I've never heard it, but I, or seen it, but I've watched a lot of interviews with Bo talking about these ideas. Um, and like, it does kind of fuck up people in that age range. Cause like yeah. all of a sudden, like the way he put it is like, it's no longer like the hierarchy of the high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like you have the popular kids and then you have like, you know, the gamer nerds the goths. Or, whatever, or the goths or yeah, whatever it is. Right. It's like that, but it's stretched across the scale of like a nobody to extremely famous. Right. So like, all of a sudden there's a kid in your class who's in eighth grade who has like fucking 500,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. It's like, 
500,000 people are a fan of this human being who is in your eighth grade class yeah. and you're a nobody. Like that's the feeling that you get is like, and even if it's not 500,000, like it, you know, the scale is totally different now. It's not yeah. that like the popular kids are like hanging out with other popular kids. It's like the popular kids have like thousands of people that like yeah. them. And I have like 80, you know, and like yeah. half of them are bots. <laughs> I mean, so, like, that's, that would, that would F with some kids, kids' heads, right? Like oh, how do sure. you get, how do you get a teacher to actually be an authoritative figure and instill education into somebody who like, just wants to make sexy videos or whatever or yeah. like or whatever it is like it whatever it is yeah i don't know that's a little i don't know and and I'd, i i think this is adding to a continuing problem in our society which is like bringing the sexualization of like anybody male or female down to like the younger ages where like okay girls in middle school now are making videos for instagram that are like way like their parents should definitely be keeping an eye (laughs) on that but they're not because they have no idea what's going on because as a parent why would you ever like you you wouldn't know what's going on unless you were like digging in your daughter's phone or whatever yeah but it's just man there there's the the access to um illicit material on now is is just out of control i mean it's so which is i have a question for you nathan you said that they wouldn't know what was going on unless they were digging through their phones which i agree with but do you think now with the access to technology parents have sort of a duty to do that to be due diligent um yes and no i feel like they need to keep a pulse on it but like, how do you do that without violating privacy? Um, which I think yeah. you do, owe... and without being like overbearing, right? Yeah. You do owe your child a sense of privacy, unlike the federal government, who will just track our movements. Uh, yeah. Hi, NSA officer. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> looking particularly cute today. <laughs> um, no, so I mean, I I I don't know. That's that's a tough question, Justin. Did did you have any ideas? I think for me, I mean, you know, at least the way I would think about it with my kids would be I would give them the benefit of the doubt with like periodic check-ins, if that makes sense. And then once that trust was broken for whatever reason, it would probably become a little more overbearing for at least a while. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how my parents did it with me. So maybe I have some bias there, but. So, I, I mean, think, like, did, did you like that sense from your parents or, I mean, so you, you would use that model and you, and you approve of that model? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, my parents, like, you know, I, I play video games. I've been on the internet, you know, since I was like fucking seven. He's yeah. been but, seeing titties since he was four. Who are we kidding? <laughs> no, ex- exactly. But like, you know, my, my parents were always just like, you know, you don't know who's out there. Just be careful. You're a kid. And like that, you know, that they, they were just honest with me. And I, th- I think that that can really help kids if you like, you know, treat them as an individual rather some, yeah. than some stupid person that needs yeah. to be protected. I was just thinking about like, if you could just like, like when you say regular check-ins, like just sit down with your kid and be like, yeah, um, like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? doing? Yeah. yeah. Don't and be not, like, give me your phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, exactly. yeah. Hey, what have you been doing? You know, like be involved in your kid's life. So you know so, yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So let, let me 
play devil's advocate. I mean, like, let, let's imagine right. we have a kid that's smart enough to just lie to your face. I mean, like, that happens all the time, right? So, like, you're you're trying to be involved in your child's life, but they're my move as a potential eighth grader who might be right. going out on the weekends too much would just be to be like, oh, you know, we're going to a friend's house or whatever. You know, kids lie to their right. parents all the time. Oh, for sure. I, you know, and I think I think there is some level of you know, you have to check in, like actually check in, you know, whether it's, you know, if you can check their phone when they're sleeping or something, you know, like you don't have to, you or don't have to aggressively like confront like them for that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can get notified. Or I don't think you should like spy on them, but yeah. you know, if, you know, if you're suspicious, then check. Like, I think that's your duty as a parent, especially now where kids can right. be talking to some stranger halfway yeah. across the world. I think it probably depends on what, yeah, for sure. Is, right? For like sure. what you suspect might be happening. For sure. And like, I also think uh, like part of it is if my kid lies to me, then like he gets to deal with the consequences of that. Right. Yeah. Like obviously you want to keep your kid as safe as possible and you don't want them lying about shit, like potentially being kidnapped or something, you know, um, or like a run in with a police officer or something. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, you de- like if, if they're lying about something, you know, like some, some social relationship thing that's happening or whatever. Um, you definitely want, you, like I would take the side of like, that's on them. You know what I mean? Like I did all I could to try to figure out what was going on. And I let, I gave them the chance to be honest and just like have the discussion as a human being. Um, but if they want to lie, then like if there's consequences to that, then that's just life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I pretty much agree with that. I think it's it's important to instill in your kids like a sense of like sometimes shitty things are going to happen, you know. I mean, sometimes you might be the cause of that shitty thing doing a stupid action, but other times it's it's, it's out of your control and and really the lesson should be endurance um, and, and the ability to adapt, you know, to yeah. um kind of deal with life as it comes. Cuz mm-hmm. you're going to f- be faced with a lot of challenges and uh, you have to face them. Like you, you can't run away from your problems. Yeah, for sure. I think that really starts to, you know, maybe the reason why people crash and burn, um, or certain people, not everybody, obviously, but like, uh, kind of entering into college is because they don't have that foundation of like, I need to like get my shit together. I need to like have a job. How am I going to pay rent? You know, they're, they're shielded from all of those concerns. And so like almost being aware of how many problems you could potentially have is a way to like save yourself some agony in the future. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what do you got for us, Nathan? Dude, I, I have, think it's spicy. I have, uh, so much, so, so, so many things. Okay. Do you guys want a deep question? Sure. Yeah. What would you die for? Uh, and I can I can go ahead and and lead off. Um, I don't know if if I would die for the United States as a country, but I think I would die for my family. Uh, yeah. I think I would die for my standard of living. Although that seems a little counterintuitive. Right. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, maybe. Yeah. Other than that, like, I don't know if there's any real, like, like, 
as 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 a person in in 2020, I don't have a lot of like allegiances to many organizations. Like I have my employer and um my family, right? And my friends. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like what we don't really have any loyalty. Yeah. Really. I feel like I don't know if that's just me. Uh but I've I like or if it's a generational thing. Like I don't know if that's just like us or if it's a generational thing, but I definitely feel almost no like allegiance to any group right like i'm not really um down to like die for a religion or like my country or my no way you know what i mean like i'm pretty i definitely agree family is like numero uno Mm -hmm. it would be like family and then like spouse or children Mm -hmm. um would be though like the the things that are like friends is probably the yeah family friends yeah. But like yeah, I don't know. There I feel like we have kind of lost that in a way. Um and I don't know if that's good or bad. It's probably good, but uh it might be bad too. Like the a little both. There's something that unifies like everyone really being down for their country, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, and like we totally are not that. Like I feel like a lot of Americans are like fuck this place, man. <laughs> Very individualistic, like yeah. to a T almost where I don't know. I guess we might be a little biased coming from like rural Minnesota. We, I, yeah. I guess I was never in like a liberal pressure cooker, you know, with, I never had like particularly um, extremist family members or anything like that. So like, I'm pretty much down the middle. And so I don't really even owe allegiance to like certain political beliefs either. Yeah. You know? No, me either. I'm pretty centrist. I'm yeah. a fence sitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like also even that in terms of like ideas, like I am, I will fuck off of an idea so fast. Like I like get really into like a specific thing and like, look at all the evidence for this. And like, this is fascinating. And then I'm like, yeah, that might be bullshit. You know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't take much, you know, like a good example of that was neuroscience for me. Like I got fucking so into neuroscience and I was like, this is the shit. This is like the future of psychology and then I realized, like, uh, kind of how bad all the cognitive neuroscience studies are, like, particularly cognitive. Yeah. How, like, really poorly made those are and how they really don't map onto reality as much as we might think that they do. Um, and then I'm just like, whatever. Like, it's dumb, <laughs> you know? I wonder what I'll have for breakfast tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I... I think that there are ideologies that i might die for so for example um the implementation of sharia law i don't think you know see but it's tough because i say this now obviously being a safe american in the free united states but like would you die in order to prevent sharia law right i don't know enough about that to like really say but like in the united states yeah, so I mean, basically just saying that, like, okay, there is this, um, let's just call it a culture that if if they had their way would spread this set of, like, ancient laws and, and traditions across our society, right? Like, I mean, I think that's kind of the motive yeah. behind groups like ISIS, etc., because yeah. they want to own the ideologies of their people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty against, like, traditional ideology anyway. Like, maintaining some 
or conserving some specific set of like ideologies. I mean, like I said before, I will, I'm pretty open to new ideas and I like to just throw the baby out with the bath. Like, I don't care, you know, I'll just do whatever. Um, so like, uh, but I don't know if I would die for that necessarily. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a hard question to answer. Cause like theoretically I want to say yes. Cause I, I think Sharia law is pretty terrible, but also that's really easy for me to say just sitting here knowing that I would never actually have to fight to yeah. stop it from happening in the United yeah. States. Right. It, yeah. The question reveals our innate bias kind of. Mm-hmm. but like also everyone's innate bias yeah okay uh new new question all right this one i thought was really interesting um because i like these like how much money would it take questions how much money oh. would it take to enter a witness protection program so oh man boom your family disappears your friends disappear you're out in fucking alaska getting butt fucked by a bear no, I don't, I don't know where that came from. But. <laughs> but it also sort of limits what you can Did do. Did you with say your I'm money. down, Justin? <laughs> it sounds pleasant. Uh, I'm down. Fuck it. I mean, fuck it. <laughs> don't knock it you try it, So it depends on what you do with your money. Like, because you can't, that limits what you can do with your money, right? Yeah. Because, like, if you're in witness protection, like, you can't, like. It's all uh, in cash, baby. Yeah, but you can't like uh, become like a famous billionaire and like start a big company like Elon. You couldn't be the next Elon because then I mean, you can just pay someone else to start your big company. You could. Yeah, that's true. You could just be the man behind everything. You could be the the mask, the shadow of Elon Uh, Musk. And you know, I mean, people who are there are plenty of wealthy people who kind of keep to themselves and really want to maintain mm-hmm. privacy. So like, I think there's definitely um, that that's a very possible scenario is you just kind of sequestering away. And that's true. Yeah. And you can like, California. it's not like you're like socially isolated. You know what I mean? No. Like you can make new friends and shit. You just got to like be protected from whatever potential yeah. threat there might right. be. As far oh, as yeah. how much money. Yeah. Now I got to think about it. Uh, yeah. I got to think. I think it would be more than a million for sure because yeah. you're giving up your 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 so all of your sources of happiness essentially, right? Yeah, all yeah, of yeah. your time. To- and you know, over. this this is a weird tie back to like Buddhism, how it's like we have all oh, of these ties to our not only material possessions but like our people, and so yeah. like, yeah, it's a definitely very Buddhist idea. Yeah, it's 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 a very fun experiment to run in your head of like how devastated would I be if all my shit was just ripped from me. At once. I feel like I could do like 50 million. Because I could live pretty lavishly. Yeah, 50 million is like pretty good money. Yeah, and it's like enough to like... Like I could live on a a million dollars a year salary. I don't even know what I would do with that money. But, Eric, you know what? Yeah. We can make this come true. I, I have a special Hopefully. contact at the at the FBI, and uh, oh, no. he's he's offering ten million. He knows <laughs> Mister FBI. Yeah. Um. You better check your browsing history, son. Are you saying <laughs> am I allowed to haggle? <laughs> that... 
No, I'm 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 trying to play devil's We're doing advocate like a deal or no in deal order kind of to in, yeah. in order to uh, get you down to a lower price, just because I want to see what your true lowest price would be. Ten million. I still, again, like I make no money right now, and like I have pretty much everything I need, or that's what it feels like. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, so why do you need fifty million? What am I going to do with that money? What do I do with $10 million? So he's saying he'd do it for like a thousand. No, I would definitely <laughs> wouldn't do it for that. <laughs> you have to think. Like I'd have to drown I saw that pause. in something, you know? So th- there's, there's a weird trade off here because I, you know what? I would, I would actually increase that number even beyond 50 million because money brings you a certain set of pleasures. It brings you safety, but financial safety, not like yeah. social safety, not like true happiness knowing that you you know can have contact with the people that love you the most um so you're trading pleasure for like a real ingrained love in a weird way and i also feel like so you've got to start new right like you got to make new friends and like you know find a new place to live and like all that shit so like if you're already loaded as fuck um like personally i would make sure that nobody knew like i would have to make the plan because like i don't want any facade friends who are just in it for the money oh, yeah. you know what i mean oh, okay. and like I you i don't want to like constantly be worrying about that so i'd have to yeah. like kind of hide it so like w- again what would i spend my money on i don't know get a sick computer yeah sick <laughs> oh my god dude. that's that Dude, wouldn't even out move about- the needle. I know. 50 million. Like, I know. I'm thinking like Ferraris and Justin's yeah. like, I just want a new graphics card. <laughs> hey, dude. Gotta start somewhere. I might like do some cool tech shit. Like I might like, uh, like start a new hobby. Like I, I would get into like filmmaking or something like an expensive hobby like that. Yeah. And like buy one of those like robot arms that moves the camera uh can you make like a bioshock movie for me please yeah. and then i'll just make a bioshock movie can i be the little girl much. <laughs> <laughs> i promise you put lipstick on me i i I'm, I'm just imagining you in like a dainty dress like a nightgown <laughs> just with, jacked like, as fuck like yeah. like hair there there's like hair poking through my tights you're, or you're holding like the little needle thing and like dragging it along you know <laughs> Oh, that'd have to be a long needle for me to drag it, like for it to be as long as me. I could, I could fight a tiger with that. You could be the Tiger King. I, yeah. Have you seen Um, that, Nathan? Yes, I. Tiger King was a big fan. Um, So actually, what they did, so perhaps even more interesting than the series itself, was they shot another episode hosted by Joel Hale or something like that. I don't know. Whoever leads Community, the protagonist in Community. Oh, okay. Um, And so he actually interviewed, like, a lot of the characters that were in there to get their reactions on the documentary. And, like, a lot of them were like, yeah, this documentary is bullshit. Here's what it actually was. So, like, although the documentary seemed to paint this really obvious picture of of like this guy's clearly on meth because he's got all these missing teeth. They yeah. then interview him later, and he's like, "I've I've never done a single drug in my life, man. Like like <laughs> fuck off. Like the, I just got <laughs> fucked up teeth." <laughs> so that was that was fascinating. Have you seen it? that? I watched it for sure. I haven't seen that episode, the newer one that they came out with, but I watched. I haven't it. seen the newer one either. 
I binge watched the whole series, I think, in one night. Um, yeah, you holy did. crap. And you did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, and it was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. It yeah. just felt like it kept get, like it was like it kept getting weirder, dude. It was like the like you by the end of the first episode, you thought it couldn't get crazier, right? It's and like these ragtag husband went missing. Yeah, it's like what? It's, yeah, you wait, can't wait, wait. Write this Nathan, shit. Nathan, do you think Carol killed her husband? I think there's a high likelihood. If if you put a gun to my head, I would say yes. Okay. I'm I'm pretty much a yes. <laughs> I'm definite. I'm a definite yes. <laughs> especially, especially after when she was like, you know, if you wanted a tiger to eat a person, you just put sardine oil on their shoes. Yeah. And I'm oh like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, check out this pamphlet that I made on how you can get rid of a body. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really as simple as one, two, three, and it's like, um. Well, you can't. So, I mean, we know from Breaking Bad, of course, that you can dissolve a body in acid. Yeah. Um, but why? Why even go to those lengths when you have a meat processing machine? You actually have two dozen meat processing machines right on your property. Yeah. Who are hungry? And you know what? Yeah. Uh, just don't feed them like like a like a true piece of shit. And uh, yeah. yeah. Problem solved. Problem solved. No more husband. Lots of money. You know, I, I, I think the best character in that show um, was either the head zookeeper guy who had, like, the long blonde hair. I don't remember yeah, his yeah. name. Uh, but, like, he see, he seemed to genuinely love the tigers. And even when he did have to put down a tiger, um, he seemed genuinely... Um, not not bashful is not the word I'm looking for, but like sorrowful is that a yeah. word? Yeah, so, like emotional at the. He was least. emotional. Yeah, like, yeah, he, like he, he, cared. he cared. Um, and then the other guy who was like the manager of the zoo, um, I think his name was like Greg. I don't remember, but I'm not gonna look it up. But he was like the the normal guy. Um, I think that lost his legs. The guy that lost. His oh legs. yeah, he oh, seemed yeah. like a good guy. I like the campaign manager. I felt so bad for him. He yeah. seemed like just such a normal dude. The political John. campaign manager. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's <laughs> dude, just a dude. His his follow-up video, actually, like, he seems like he stoned the entire interview, but he's not. He's perfectly sober. He literally says in the interview, he's like, I ain't done a fucking drug in my entire life. And, you know, and in, in that, like, hick accent. But like it's it's not that he didn't he's not high at the moment but he just naturally speaks that slowly and he sounds like he's just yeah out of it. I love I love the they have like a scene where he vapes. Yeah. <laughs> the first scene where you meet him he's just and he like coughs. <laughs> it's just like too perfect. <laughs> that was so that purposely was meant to depict him as like this millennial who's like doing the new like like yeah no, but 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 exactly. in like a pathetic way like he's yeah. he, he's on the pathetic trend of yeah. of the 21st century yeah Vaping. and the poor guy yeah dude he'd been through a lot by the end of that yeah okay so when he okay so, um you guys so like you guys know the guy that suicided in the show right spoilers yeah. for anybody yeah spoilers okay. so <laughs> so the the political campaign guy watched this guy commit suicide so in, yeah in the actual tiger king documentary it was portrayed as like 
you know, he was really sad and, and he was kind of in a relationship that he didn't believe in. And it was like they were like laying out the facts so that you could follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. But then when they interviewed the guy um, in the last episode, they asked him like, and, and you were the one who saw him shoot himself, right? And he kind of described what he saw in that moment. And it turns out that the guy was just being an idiot. And he was like, check out this pistol that so-and-so gave me. Um, did you know that it won't fire without a magazine in there? So he had cocked the gun. There must have been a round in the chamber or something. And he put it to his head and pulled the trigger, right? So like he, the, he, it, it wasn't some like planned out thing of like, I'm so depressed I'm going to commit suicide. He was just a dumbass who had a round in the chamber and it was showing off to his buddy. You, know? you think that's what it was? Because they, yes. totally, they totally well, did make it seem like... He committed to it. Like, he was, like, planning it out and shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I'm, we're comparing sources, but that's what the political campaign guy yeah, yeah, laid yeah. out the scenario to yeah. be. Yeah. I'll have um, to watch that episode. Yeah, I would highly yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, I have to rewatch it too, but... Yeah, I know. Like, I I kind of was confused about that. Because um, he did... Like, it was both, kind of. You know what I mean? So... He was, like, sad and depressed and wanted to take his life but also he like accidentally did it one day yeah i don't know that was weird yeah by the way uh if you guys google jeff low nanny uh you will get some real nice photos they showed her again in the like a picture of her oh and they were like so how the new nanny turn out? And they both like sheepishly looked at each other like good and the wife was like yeah she's really hot it's like, man, you guys are so confident in your open relationship. Yeah, which I think it. is what it is. So, speaking of relationships, can we talk about the fact that Joe got two straight men to fall in love with him? Yeah. <sighs> Do you guys remember I the think- footage of the actual wedding? I thought that yeah. looked so awkward. It was pretty trashy. Yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah, the way that it happened. Yeah, it was awesome. So it was, it was, <laughs> you know, um, the the pastor or whoever was marrying them was like, uh, here we we are here in in a very atypical wedding, um, <laughs> and then like yada yada yada, ki- you you may kiss the the grooms, and so it it wasn't like oh let's all share a kiss together. It was no Joe kisses this guy and then he kisses yeah. this guy, very obviously being centered around. Uh, Joe. Joe Exotic. Yeah, dude, his so whole weird, vibe man. is so, like, narcissistic. Like, it is really quite the sight to see. Like, he really was just like, how do I get as much attention as possible? Throughout Actually tried career. to be president, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, unironically. He, and he thought he was going to win. I know. Oh, my God. I think, so, the way that they portrayed joe in in that last kind of follow-up episode pretty much everybody said he he was an effing asshole like he was he was a prick towards the end um which i think you know he 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 probably was but i think he became that way in his campaign where it was constantly like look at me it's all about me i'm in my campaign running for governor or whatever the hell it is so i don't know on some level i feel kind of bad for joe like I feel kind of bad for all of them, to be honest. I mean, like, it's fun to sit here and be like, wow, that was wild. But also, like, yeah, a lot of those people seem to have some deep-seated issues. Yeah. 
it just didn't look like a good time. Nah. The Besides maybe the tigers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The person who seemed to be the happiest was honestly the um girl or guy that lost an arm. Yeah. yeah. I think she identi- she identifies as a he. Um So anyway, definitely wasn't Carol's husband. He looked miserable the entire documentary. (laughs) (laughs) I love the photo of like her and him, and he's like in a tiger costume, like (laughs) kneeling, and she's him on a leash. Yeah, that's (laughs) like the most. It's like this guy just looks like a regular like Lutheran church goer, (laughs) (laughs) and he somehow got roped up in this like insanity. Wow. Yeah, dude. It's pretty whack. Yeah. Um, all right. Trying to find what else we got here. Uh oh, I have a great public freakout video for you guys. Ooh. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and link this in link it? Discord really quick. Yeah, I think I have to exit out of full screen. Oh. Yep. You can do a pop out. Yeah, that's what I okay, there we go. That's what I did. So, and then I got to pull it up. Shoot. So currently um, we're recording this as of like early May. um, And I think this video took place in like March or April when people are kind of starting to protest uh, how much society has been shut down, Um, which is their right. I mean, it it is the uh, freedom of speech people to show their opinions. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and switch that to there are we gonna like three two one it or yes are you guys ready are you guys i'm ready okay uh three two one play so so they're holding hands on a crosswalk blocking traffic guy comes up from behind rips the banner out of these two women's hands bypasses them completely one car gets through that guy's the real winner here Get the fuck out of the way. Go. Get the fuck out. Shut. <laughs> dude, he ain't having no. Oh my god. Shit. That phone went flying, dude. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so he basically charged towards the towards the line of like women protesting Go. and just n- knocks the shit out of the camera person. Uh, okay. One of the comments is lol he frisbeed the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm going to be real here. Like Imagine you're just some some guy that just wants to get to his job, and there's just people standing in the street, and they oh, won't yeah. move. Oh, like, yeah. Like I I understand on some level. You know what I mean? So th- this is this is a case where like okay, so like people will do this as a way to draw attention to a cause, right? And and right. Tr- maybe try to get people on their side. I'm not really sure. E- even if I'm sympathetic to their cause, I'm going to hate the fact that they're blocking my everyday life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So really, these protests that are aimed to like shut down society to bring attention to our cause um, should instead be protesters at like, for example, a Capitol building or like yeah. you know where it actually matters. You know, go near the politicians who actually have um, the ability to change things. Yeah, or I don't know, make some attention some other way. You know, without like fucking over regular people. Yeah, man. Most people just want to live their lives. Yives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, this, 
I always kind of put myself in their shoes, though, of like, okay, like, in in what scenario would I be that person in the streets trying to literally shut down society to draw attention to my cause? Like, like, is is it would I have to lose my job and then get to the point of desperation for that to happen? Like, what would I do if I was in a desperate position? Like, would I be one of those people if I didn't have like a source of income, for example, or um, I wasn't an essential worker? I have no idea what the what the thing is that I would do for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or do that for. Uh, I don't that know. was barely a sentence that I scraped. Together. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. <laughs> just just um, smoke another bowl and keep living your life. <laughs> I am like, for some reason, my brain is just fried today. But anyways, um, I don't know, man. Like, there are some issues that I care a lot about, but I'm also like a pretty like non-vocal type where like I would prefer to make change in whatever way that I'm skilled in making change and not like just being obnoxious. And I understand that like, sometimes you have to do that. (laughs) Like some people are the people that should just be obnoxious and make, uh, you know, try to make noise about a specific issue, but I just definitely don't think I'm that person. So like, I'd rather like, um, you know, you like, I'm interested in like, like skill donation, I guess. Like if they needed tech support, <laughs> or like some <laughs> some software solution, I would like do that. You yeah, know what I mean, it's, I would support I, in my own way. You know what, Eric? I would write a very aggressive email and send it to our <laughs> state representative. That would yeah. really get him to. Change I've his done mind. that before. I think. Have you really? I think I've, I think I've done about some what? emailing of representatives. I think it's mostly been about drug policy. I, I have too. Mine was mostly. about drug policy. That's yeah. a good thing to yeah care about. Just, just let me smoke weed. <laughs> well, and mine was Come about on. like I think kratom is a it's like a mild and uh, is it amphetamine? No, it's a mild opiate. Um, and let me double check that for you. Guys. It uh, it w- it was on the list of becoming a Schedule One drug, and I'm just like pretty anti Schedule One drugs in general. So, um, and also I think there already has been some studies on that being uh, effective for like uh, addiction treatment and stuff. So. I'm pretty uh I think I sent I think I sent an email to the Minnesota rep for that. But like they don't ever like they don't get back to you and shit, you know what I mean? No. It's got to be it, enough of like a ruckus, you know. You know, at, at some point I imagine that some assistant or some secretary basically receives those emails reads the content and then kind of just makes a tally of like, this is how many people are concerned about, you know, yeah. this policy and here's, you know, what they say that they want or like yeah. this person aligns into this view. And then, you know, if, if they receive a thousand emails, right, nobody's going to read a thousand emails on, on various opinions on issues, but like you yeah. can kind of categorize them and put them into buckets of like, okay, maybe based on these thousand emails, we have a good sample size that says my constituents want X, Yeah, you know? Although I would bet they wouldn't even go into that much work. No, I, you're yeah. probably right. I mean, that's like I ideal, <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's kind of hard to read every email, right? But um, yeah, I think it's hard to make that point unless you get them on the phone or if you like go to a rally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys ever been to a political rally? No. I have not. I haven't either, but I, I do want to go. My buddy went to the Bernie rally, this like most recent one in Minneapolis. Um, and I apparently it was pretty cool. Was one. 
Yeah. Darn. Um, it was a while ago. I mean, it was like in this election cycle, so, but, you know, it was before, like, I think Pete was still in. Um, yeah, I don't remember how long ago it was. Hmm. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, when, when Trump was in Minneapolis, it caused lots of controversy. People were yeah. <laughs> very angry. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a hypothetical I want to throw at you guys, sort of related. Yeah. If you got supreme power over the United States for a day and you could just pass one law, what would it be? I would honestly change drug policy. I, yeah. I think that's our... Um, it's it's a starting point either either that or i would actually allocate more funds from the military to our education system i think both I, those I think were really the, good actually yeah i think it's hard like what would the one thing be i don't know if i could make i mean it, like the easiest one is just to remove schedule one or, or drug scheduling basically just change yeah, the way let, the let's say works. you don't have to worry about the consequences for the for the sake of this question like personal just, like consequences or like the like the like the you know the, there there can be arguably some fallout from removing Schedule One drugs, but oh, let's yeah. say you don't have to go into the nitty gritty. You can just be like, yeah. it's going to work the way I would yeah. ideally like it to work, and so from that perspective, I think I be? might actually, if that's the case, I might do the education system. Like if I could just make it the way that I want it, or would like the way that it would be ideal in my head, uh, that would be like. That's interesting that it that changes your answer. Yeah, because like I feel like that is more complicated. Like I think the drug policy policy thing is probably easier. To yeah, solve. you're probably right. Like it seems like a no brainer to me. Um, yeah, and like there it's... are probably going to be consequences, but like that kind of, uh, like those are predictable and probably fieldable. You know, we could like figure that out. Um, but the school thing is way more complex. Like that's so like fucking hard to solve you know what's harder about that too is like how do you allocate those funds like i've always i mean so i i have a family member who works in a school district uh, let's just say an administration who like has her finger on the pulse of that kind of activity and yeah. um you know it's that's kind of where the testing systems come into play um, how well students score on standardized tests but like in in a way i, I feel like we should kind of play some catch-up where we donate some money to like poorer school districts um, so that we have a more even um, there's an equal level of opportunity across the education system rather than, you know, every school gets X amount, you know, like, like a a school in let's say like Minnetonka, which is a very prestigious high school in our area. It's actually number one in the, in the state of Minnesota. Um, Like they, they don't, do they really need extra funding? Probably not. Probably not. So I don't know. Standardized parts are garbage anyway. It's hard to say. Yeah, man. I mean, like it's like I've studied psychometrics a little bit, which is like the, the psychology of testing. Uh, Well, it's not, I mean, it's the statistics of testing, but Mm -hmm. it's the statistics of testing in the context of psychology. Um, Because psychology is so involved with all that. Right. So like, if you wanted to really test students' abilities and things that they've learned, um, like, our approximation with whatever we do use as a test is pretty fucking bad. Like, yeah, uh, even like the best tests in the world, like IQ tests or like some of the bigger factored out uh, personality tests are like pretty awful approximations of like what's actually happening. Um, so like it's tough. 
it's tough to use that and then like also make major funding decisions from that and stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's just kind of the way it's like, the problem is, is it's the best we've got. So like, we kind of just have to deal with it, you know? Right. Obviously if it, if it was a simple problem to solve, then it would already be solved. Yeah. You know, I sometimes I kind of fall into that mentality too. So like there's something at play here that we're obviously not understanding. For Um, sure. What, what, what is your answer, Justin? Did you have kind of have an idea going in? Uh, for me, it would probably be drug policy. I think I think the drug policy just is is pretty garbage in the United States. I mean, I'm pretty a pretty libertarian when it comes to drugs. Kind of just if you, whatever yeah. you want to do in the safety of your own home, have at it. Well, it's so it's like how how do you actually look at somebody with a drug use problem? So I mean, like. Do you look at that as something to be punished, kind of like sticking your child with consequences for a bad behavior, kind of like we were talking about before? Or do you think of it as an affliction that needs a remedy that that may be OK? We're, we're going to recognize that just like, you know, I don't know, teenagers having sex is inevitable, right? People are going yeah. to abuse drugs then how about we not only transition them to a better way to use drugs and then combined with therapy on the side to sort of, you know, get their mentality away from that. No, I totally agree. We don't even have a good mental health infrastructure for like rich people who can afford it. (laughs) So like, it's hard to make those like, uh, that would be super ideal. Um, But like the, like we barely have the resources now. Yeah, um, so I sucks. have a little bit of insight on this topic uh, because of uh, oh yeah, I suppose you my, work in this my industry. job. In this yeah, so there is a decent amount of basically uh, centers that treat various levels of of care for people with behavioral disorders, um, but our our network is vastly. Uh, below what it should be in theory so like basically right now there is a i don't want to give away too much of like where i work but like there's a big shift in in the behavioral health space to telemedicine basically yep. so like yep. i helped some checking... people oh, uh, i help some people write grants for stuff like that um oh really like at my job so like i've been involved with a lot of people who are doing that kind of work at the place that i work as well so interesting um, yeah. yeah it's i think it's pretty up and coming i mean especially now with covid right like yeah. it's a when people can't even leave now them. yeah um but yeah it's for sure man i mean it's it's hard enough as a depressed person to like uh to like figure out how to get a therapist or even alone. recognize that there's a problem you know, for sure that right? needs to be medicated yeah. or something I don't know. and like there's so many steps where you could just fall through right like you have to yeah make sure that your insurance covers it. And then you have to find a good therapist that suits you. And then you have to get up and leave your house like once a week or one, like once every two weeks or once a month right. and like do the thing. So it's like right. hard, you know? Um, and there's other things that we track too, like, you know, medication adherence, um, people who with severe like mood disorders, you know, the, their adherence to meds is very important. So like, che- like kind of, as you were saying, so like checking in with your therapist might be a lot easier if you can just press a couple buttons yeah. and they can say, you know, have you been sticking with your meds and like really realizing that there is somewhere out there that like does care about you. Um, even, you know, like 
you might be a member in this organization that serves hundreds of thousands of members, but like the fact that there's someone there that does care about you can seem very comforting. I I would imagine. I think like I've heard therapists talk about, like, I think I listened to a podcast with one and she said like one of the off, like the common complaints she gets is like, well, this is your job. Like you don't actually care about me. Uh, and her, she said that her response to that every time is that, um, the reason that you pay me is so that you don't have to deal with all my shit. Right. That's the exchange. Cause normally if you're like, if you care about someone, like if it's, if it's your family member or like, if it's your friend, like you exchange that, right. Like you talk about your shit and I like help you. And then like, I talk about my shit and then you like help me. Right. Oh, okay. so like yeah. her point is like the reason that you pay me is so that I can keep all my stuff to myself, but that doesn't invalidate the care that I have for you as a human being, you know, and as like a friend, right. and as, you know what I mean? So that's, I did, I, I did want to bring up, I, I, you know, this is anecdotal of course, but a lot of the people that I've talked to about telehealth, the biggest problem from the therapist side is building that connection, like yeah. to, to provide to provide proper care for someone, you do need that sense of connection. And it can be really hard to do if it's like, like with video, it's obviously easier because you can see the person's reaction. And that's, yeah. that's a lot of what builds, you know, but this even, person genuinely cares about me, but like through text and stuff, it can just get a little murky. So there's, there's that to consider is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. And even with the video, it's like not the same as being. Oh yeah. It's, it's different for sure. So, yeah. But it's cool. I mean, it's interesting that we can even do that now with the tech we have. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that um, has been done in in the behavioral health space, too, is that, like, we can target a certain population that's above. Usually it's, like, above a certain age level. Um, it's people that need, like, extra kind of care and, like, walking through their symptoms and stuff. But we will actually, like, give them an iPad Um, And then they can like, so like every day they log into the app and like, you know, check a bunch of boxes of like, how are you feeling? Have you, have you been taking your meds? Have you thought, had thoughts of suicide and like all this stuff. So like assuming that they stick with that program, um, not only do we develop that data in order to like better treat people to kind of like get at the core of what's causing their illness. um, But like, it's, it's a way for us to um, preemptively reach out to them and say like let's prevent a hospital visit by you know making sure you're adhering to your medication and all this other stuff yeah so yeah man it's weird i've my first no i'm sorry we both so eric and i we both worked at at the same organization that dealt with behavioral issues so it's interesting to have a perspective working in like um, this large corporation that deals with dealing with behavioral disorders and also having personally seen the kind of episodes that that really make you realize why these people need to be like aggressively cared for and like kind of treated because um, like there were certain people that were like assaulted at um, the place where we worked from people who might have been particularly angry that day or um, yeah and like to yeah. be fair this is people with mental disabilities right? yeah like, so like it's like not like they, they're, they're not really aware of what they're doing yeah it's tough to say right um and it's complex but yeah it is it is uh it's yeah it's so complex man like um 
it's a tough problem. So. How do you, how do you tackle that? Like with your company, how do you tackle that at like the highest level? Right. It's like, they're approaching it at like the societal level. Like what are plans yeah. that we can implement that would like make this better for people uh, from like the level, like with the most amount of numbers, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but like, it's also, you've got to tackle it at every other level, you know? like at the institution level, like the place that we used to work at that like dealt with direct care and like at the, at the individual level, you know? Uh, um, yeah. And, um, like at, at the local level too. So like, um, a, a lot of our efforts right now are focused on expanding network access. That's a huge thing because like, you know, you can have this plan, um, but, whether the plan provides for like behavioral services is always kind of in question or I mean like, so that that's not necessarily true. I should, I should retract that. But um, basically it's just making sure that like people do have access, particularly in rural areas. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's another big thing too. I mean, that's like the, one of the things that the people that I worked with talked about with the telehealth thing. Yeah. Like, that's this great. Is, for telehealth. This is like huge for rural people who like do not have access uh, to yeah, therapy, sure. like even in, uh, like within 30 miles or, you know, 60 yeah. miles, even like there's some places yeah. real far away that don't have those resources. So, uh, from, from a psychology perspective, Justin, I mean, like mm -hmm. there's plenty of job opportunities out there specifically mm -hmm. in, like, if you took somebody like in, um, uh, how do you pronounce it? Ayetna is like another big insurer. Um, basically anybody who provides like behavioral services, there's um, lots of job opportunities and they make pretty good money. I mean, like if you have yeah. like a, like a master's level or something like that, um, I mean, you start at, you know, low 100s, 100K. If you Yeah, you, you can make some money. I mean, they're, they're in demand too, especially in Minnesota from my understanding. Because yeah. like you were saying, our our mental health infrastructure is pretty poor right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm like a regular person sometimes like for all of our complaints, like I always kind of take stock of the fact that like I have my health Yeah, and yeah. that makes me comfortable in my skin to be grateful and just be like, I'm doing well. You know, I, I will say though, I, you know, there might be some bias in this statement, but I, I think everyone could benefit from some therapy. Not not the intensive therapy you guys were talking about, but like yeah. just going to talk to somebody. Yeah, I think that can right. be good for anybody. For sure, because like yeah. a lot of it is like just problem solving, right? Yeah, you're you're organizing, you're treating the the counselor like a sounding board essentially. Yeah. And you're just like, I have this issue in my life that I need help solving. Mm-hmm. Right. So, do you guys have any other any other topics? I think we got time for maybe like one more before we wrap. Is there anything burning that you need to tell? I came absolutely not at all prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. We can wrap my, right now. That's my fine week too. was pretty. Oh, that's okay. I mean, it's whatever. You got jammed. another one you want to throw in there at the last minute? Um, I mean, I don't have anything particularly burning. Um, but maybe I will be later if you know what I mean. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap there. That was good. That was good. That was some natural, some natural flow. Nice. All right, guys. Well, that was Mind Melders Podcast, Episode 2. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed the video. If you did, feel free to leave a rating and feel free to check out our other content. You know, check out Episode 1. Check out Episode 3 um, if 
if such a thing will exist in the future. Um, and yeah, check out my other content. Feel free to subscribe if you do like that. And uh, yeah, here's where we'll wrap. So uh, thank you all for watching. Peace.